Welcome to Ag Matters, covering positive agriculture stories from across Alaska on Big Cabbage Radio. Welcome, friends. This is Cody Buse with Ag Matters Radio. Today on the program, we're lucky enough to have in the studio Carol with us of Utopia Farms, or Utopia Greenhouse. Utopia Farms Greenhouse. So you had it right. Uh, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> well, it's an interesting spelling. How is that spelled? And kind of maybe explain the significance of that to us. Well, we used to be for, uh, all of our kids used to be in 4-8, and we used to raise sheep and sell them within the 4-H for the market, market lambs. And we did that for a lot of years until my daughter graduated high school. One of my daughters, the one who was doing the sheep, and we decided to do the plants instead. And they certainly are much, uh, much easier than the sheep. <laughs> well, I haven't had a ton of experience with sheep, but yeah, the the name of the or the spelling is E W E. E W E. So uh-huh. For for ewes, talking about sheep and lambs and. I tell you what, my limited experience with sheep was in college. One of the classes we had was we had to have a lamb watch. That was one of the the things we had to do and shear a sheep. But the lamb watch was like, oh, my goodness. That was just like you're studying for an exam, and then you get this this call that says, hey, you got to go to the barn right now. So it was always kind of a... Yes, we had lamb watch also. We would have a video set up in the barn, and my daughters would always be uh, asleep because it was always school the next day, and it was always (laughs) 30 below, and that is when the lambs were born. (laughs) (laughs) They don't don't work to our schedules at all. No, they don't. The plants may be a little bit better. Well, I mean, they have to be better, but uh, it doesn't always work to our schedule, but it sounds like that's a good transition for you guys. It's a good transition for us. Well, and you guys are out there towards the Butte. Wonderful Mm -hmm. spot. I've been out there a number of times. I have a number of successful perennials in my yard, thanks to your guys' greenhouse. And of course, you got have your wonderful baskets and annuals. And I don't even know where to begin. So do you want to talk about baskets first or... Oh, uh, we you do. Take it. We we're known for our baskets. We're actually right now starting them. We have some that are already getting ready to be hung. Mm-hmm. We start our baskets in January. Actually, uh, we start the plants for them. They are a they're a big hit. We have a we have a large customer base. We have a lot of customer base from Anchorage, a lot of customer base from the Valley, and our, our we're pretty well known for our baskets. Mm-hmm. We do the City of Palmer's baskets as well, and that's so. And everything you see in the city of Palmer that's hanging, most everything, comes from us. Yeah, if you've ever been walking around in the summertime, you're enjoying Friday Fling or whatever event, it may be some very creative and beautiful baskets around the city for sure. And that's coming from you guys. So without, well, with, with revealing what you can or you can as far as trade secrets go, I know a lot of places they'll start some from seed and some you can't some plants you can't grow from seed meaning like they have to actually be what I guess I would refer to them as clones but they have to be cuttings of another plant and there's copyright issues with that you know certain companies I'm thinking of one in particular and that's a, a petunia that has a couple different trade names, but Night Sky is one of them that mm-hmm. has little white spots on a purple flower. And yeah. that one you can't grow from seed. You have to buy them as a plug, as a little plant in the mail. So mm-hmm. anyway, as, but you guys are getting started in January, so I'm assuming it's maybe a mixture of all those things. We do our basket plants. So we do the, the, the main plants, our begonias and geraniums is what mm-hmm. we, and they come in as plugs. So they mm-hmm. come in as little plants and then we plant them and grow them on. And now is the time that we start putting them in baskets. Um, mm-hmm. My husband 
husband just actually went to pick up 12 boxes of plants. Mm-hmm. So we're we're big into into planting right now and, and getting all of our stock in to grow on to springtime so that people can come and buy them. Yeah. And, and speaking of the geraniums, I know there's different types of geraniums. I'm kind of thinking of more of an upright one, but mm-hmm. are, for the ones for the baskets, are they different? I use a smaller type of geranium. It's actually a hybrid and it, it doesn't get super tall, mm-hmm. but tall enough where you can see it really well in the baskets. Yeah. Now, have you guys done some different styles of baskets before? I remember mm-hmm. seeing some bird cages. Is that right? We do bird cage baskets. We do, we do regular baskets. We do vining baskets. We do begonia baskets. We do petunia baskets. We do oregano baskets, ornamental mm. oregano. Those are really glorious. And that is, I'm sure there's more. Whatever I can, whatever I can think up, I put it together. Yeah. <laughs> Fuchsias, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And then you guys have always had some really cool combinations. And I think that's, I don't want, maybe not a trademark, but it's what comes to mind when I think of you guys, the really fun, unique baskets. Well, I've always had been able to see them before I make them. So mm-hmm. I see them and I, because I've had some experience with the plants, I'm able to know what the texture is going to be, what color is going to be, and how they're going to react to being put in a basket. Mm-hmm. So that, then I'm able to plan what I want and, and, and put it all together. Yeah. Now, in the beginning, was there any uh, trial and error issues that you had <laughs> or major problems or... Because it seems like you don't just have the type of baskets and success that you guys have overnight. Well, this is our 25th anniversary this Mm -hmm. year. And yes, we had, when we first built our greenhouse, I knew nothing about growing plants at all. And it was before the internet. So I was reading a lot of books and I took the Master Gardener's course, spent some time at the uh, greenhouse at the high school and learned from them. I had a friend that was a was was greenhouse grower, Dana Mac Acres, and I spent a lot of time with her learning. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the first years were pretty miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always you always learn from your mistakes, or you hope to. Mm-hmm. And so we were able eventually to find out what really worked for us and what worked well. Yeah, folks, if you're just joining us on the program, we're talking with Carol of Utopia Farms and Greenhouse out there in the Butte and talking about their lovely hanging baskets at the moment. But that's not all you guys are known for. I don't know if this is more recent addition or how long you guys have been doing it, but you know, I bought an awesome apple tree last Mm -hmm. year and some raspberries and you guys have, have it all out there really. But I didn't know if you wanted to highlight any of those things. We do a lot of trees and shrubs. We do a lot of, of fruit trees. Fruit trees are kind of our specialty. We do a lot of ornamentals as well, but yeah. we do a lot of fruit trees. We do grapes. We do lots of berries. And we do perennials, lots of shrubs. Mm-hmm. We have a small orchard out there. We're always happy to show people our orchard and help them to pick the right the right trees for them and mm-hmm. and and what they like. Um, we also have a, a garden that we like to show people the mature trees in so that they they have a better idea of what they're getting into. Yeah, we we love trees. Trees are our special one of our specialties. We we love to sell them. We love the we love the variety of of fruit trees that we're able to sell. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all look healthy, mature, great plants, off to a great start. And I think that's a that's a big deal and, and for great prices too. Speaking of, I think something that might stand out to our listeners and it always does to me is grapes. What can you tell us about grapes? Are these greenhouse grown? Are these, yeah. Grapes are, are always iffy here. And if you've mm-hmm. gardened here a long time, you know you probably like to push the limit of what we can grow here. Right. Now, grapes will survive our winters and continue to grow. It's getting them to actually fruit. That Mm -hmm. can be an issue. Mm -hmm. But every year there is new innovation in grape growing and that there's different vines that are produced for specifically for cold climates that have a a shorter window of, of bearing fruit. And so we just keep hoping and keep pushing. But a lot of people do like grapes and they like the vine. The vine is gorgeous Mm -hmm. and and the fruit is is a plus. Right. That that brought to mind, and I I can't remember the there's a technical term for the the actual growing heat days where you know something needs to mature into a fruit, and we don't we don't always have the summer to do that. But it sounds like it makes a beautiful vine, and like you said, you'll have those summers where you do. Yes, we don't always have that. that it goes for apples also, believe mm-hmm. it or not, and lots of the fruit that we have. It's not that the trees themselves won't survive here, mm-hmm. but the fruit will not ripen in time. Right, and and that's an important important part of picking out the trees that you are going to you want to buy them from someone who knows what is actually going to grow here and what isn't Mm -hmm. and what kind of rootstock they're on because that's very important also right well i was actually this was at a fair board meeting your husband came by and and said hello and attended one of the fair board meetings so that's always nice when we have people do that and we talked a little bit afterwards and he was giving me an update i believe it's in southwest alaska that you guys were able to sell some apple trees that are doing really well out there i don't know if you're privy to that or yes that is yeah we have a a one of the native corporations actually uh-huh. came and bought a whole orchard full of trees yeah. and brought them out and planted them. And I'm trying to think of where it was exactly that they planted them at. I know. I should. I, I just talked to him about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. I am blanking on the name of it. It happens when we're on the radio. As yeah. soon as we leave, it, it comes back to us. But And it's out by one of the big late. Anyway, but they have done really well with their trees. Mm-hmm. They, did, they did a whole bunch of apple trees and they fenced them in and they've done really well. They're trying to to do some self-sufficient things out there that are a a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it seems to have worked really well for them. Yeah. Well, it sounds like everybody from from a a native corporation or a business to the small homeowner will find something amazing from you guys, whether you're looking for baskets or fruits or what other things haven't we highlighted that you guys have or maybe isn't even new this year? Oh, we do classes as well. Mm. So we do a lot of fun classes during the springtime. And we have beginning bonsai classes. We have fairy garden classes. We have terrarium classes, succulent garden classes. And we have make it and take it basket parties where you can make your own basket and bring it home. What's the best way to find out about those classes? You can go to our Facebook page. That's Utopia Farms Greenhouse. You can always call. Also, we'd be glad to give you information. 746-4134-907, of course. Um, And we also have a website, and that's utopiafarmsgreenhouse.com. Okay, so great ways to reach out for those classes. I think, gosh, that can be such a a fun thing to do and and a bonus you get you get something out of it and you're learning something too other yeah other plants or things that that you like to highlight or talk about we do 
a lot of perennials. Mm-hmm. That is a, I love perennials. I have a huge garden. So we have about, oh, we probably have two acres that are landscaped, two and a half acres that are landscaped that are our mm-hmm. garden. And I'm always looking for new perennials. Yeah. So, and kind of pushing the limit also. So a lot of, a lot of people like to come to us for perennials because we sometimes have things that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. Because we're always looking for that that new something to put in the garden. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, there's new innovations all the time. Uh, I'm very proud of our experiment farms and everything that we do, but sometimes a lot of that work will come out of places like North Dakota or Minnesota and other things. Not that we, we can't do that, but sometimes the I know the funding <laughs> yeah. can be an issue sometimes. So anyway, but I love to see the innovation. And, and like you said, there's new stuff all the time. That, that surprises us. And, and if you're an avid gardener, you kinda, you're looking for that. Yes. The nursery that we use, that we buy our trees and shrubs from, is from is in Canada. And mm-hmm. a lot of the innovation is on the prairies in Canada, which is very right. similar to our zone here. They get just as cold for just as long. And so we have a lot of roses, especially, because mm-hmm. I really love roses. There's all kinds of different shrubs that they do. I tend to stick with the roses more than anything. Mm-hmm. And we can we find roses now that are much more like roses that you might grow in a Washington state mm-hmm. that we can now grow up here thanks to the Canadian innovators that are are breeding new new plants to tackle the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, folks, if you're just joining us, so I'm here with Carol in the studio of Utopia Farms and Greenhouse talking every all the amazing things that they do. It's really inspiring. It gets me excited as the snow kind of melts. I mean, we've got Marchish weather, you know, where it's super cold one day and then it's a little bit above freezing the next. So we're kind of getting in that, that mind frame. Yeah, talking about, and this is something that's, that I've over the last couple of years, heard more about and it coming out of the University of Saskatchewan. I think it's a Dr. Boers that does a lot with fruit, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it's not limited to that at all uh, when, when talking about the roses and some of the innovation coming out of Canada. They do a lot in Canada. They do a lot of innovation. Roses, shrubs, different fruits, certainly apple trees. Uh, they, they are, they're very big on the apple trees. A lot of them even... Uh, that we can't get yet because Mm -hmm. they're not virus indexed and so they can't be sent down here but we're waiting for them (laughs) right and that's something that i think is that i don't fully understand i know that it's a process with the border being as it is we can't just say oh they've got this wonderful new rose let's ship it up they've got to do what to it before that can occur and and what's the uh, to your knowledge what's the law behind that or the ruling behind that the virus index is kind of interesting what they're doing is they they don't want to import any kind of disease into the United States. And so they have to be shown to be virus-free. And, and that's a process, and it's a process that has to happen between Canada and the United States. And once they are virus-free, then or virus-indexed is what they call it, then they can be shipped to the United States. And some things we've actually lost, some things that we've had in the past been able to get from Canada mm. that we aren't able to get anymore, which is kind of sad, but that's just kind of how the how it works for us. Is the responsibility to have them index on the producer? It's not yes, just something it's on like the a producer. Yeah, so that I'm I can imagine that's difficult to always get done for every single thing that yes. maybe it's not profitable or or mega profitable or whatever correct. case may be. This isn't something our governments just automatically do. That's correct. 
Yeah, so that, that does make it hard. Like you said, you're not, some things you can't maybe get anymore. Yeah, and we had some problems with shipping last year. The border, crossing the border was difficult. Mm. If you, I don't know if you remember, but the borders were still closed and they mm. were having to pull trucks up to the border, unload them and put them on American trucks to bring oh, um, in. So like it was a huge, it, it was a huge big deal. And we had about 100 trees left behind. Oh, gosh. <laughs> which was it was all my cherry trees, which was which was kind of sad for me, but more sad for the customers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that that's really rough. That's another thing we can chalk up to the the last couple of years of of just difficulties in in all kinds of aspects. Is there anything that's unique to? I'm just thinking of, I mean, that seems somewhat of a uniquely Alaskan problem, but is there other supply issues or anything else or even opportunities that you find as an Alaskan producer or grower? I I don't think so much issues. It's Shipping is always an issue for up here. Mm-hmm. And finding things now is an issue. Mm. We have always have issues finding pots and plastics and, and greenhouse coverings and mm. Fertilizer is a really big deal because uh, nobody wants to ship it up here. Yeah. And and those kinds of things. And, of course, everything costs twice as much as it did last year, mm-hmm. um, which makes everything more difficult. And those, are, I guess, are the unique problems. But the, but in Alaska, what is what is really beautiful about Alaska is that it's always a challenge. There's always a, a, a prospect for something beautiful out of nothing and mm. and there's a i don't know garden if you're a gardener in alaska you know what i'm talking about like you're always pushing the envelope a little bit and sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it's really lovely and and something that you incorporate into your garden or into your um, into your you know into the way that you do your your landscaping or whatever it is that you do um, so it has a, a really unique a sense of accomplishment here that you really don't have someplace. When, when I lived in California, you could just put a stick in the ground and it would grow. <laughs> it's not like that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find a lot of satisfaction just in my personal garden when things go right. Because mm-hmm. things sometimes go wrong or the weather wasn't quite awesome that year for this particular yeah. thing. But then you're really surprised by something else. And I, uh, I find a lot of joy and and both in the annuals but also the perennials the the coming back from a hard winter you're yeah. just when that peony or that even just even the raspberries you know as you start to see the green come back it kind of excites me agreed <laughs> me too i love to walk the garden i do it too early sometimes but <laughs> we had a lot of loss this year in our garden a yeah. lot of tree loss yeah oh. for whatever reason yeah. We had a lot of trees snap and break. I think that very first mm. heavy snow and then frost right behind it or a cold snap right behind it really right. did it in. And, and sometimes you're kind of scratching your head like, what was so different about this year? But you're left thinking about all the possibilities. But yeah, and sometimes kind of like you were saying, you get you get like a hard freeze with no snow cover kind of unexpectedly or whatever it is. Yeah, sometimes I'm surprised. Yeah, I had some trees that didn't come back and that was that was always hard. But not from you guys, actually. So that, oh, good. these were a mail order thing that I was trying to experiment. So there, you, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that was the problem right there. Buy local, and you'll you'll be happy. The tried and true. We've got a couple minutes left. I always like to think of like words of wisdom or something that we haven't shared that that you would like to leave with us today. Oh, words of wisdom. <laughs> Just keep trying. Like don't um, don't ever give up the 
the satisfaction of, of, of being in the garden or being of working with plants, it, you learn so much about the world, about life. And if you're a spiritual person, it's a it's an amazing connection to God and to, to being able to co-create with him something beautiful and full of joy. The garden is a is an amazing place. Like, don't give up on it. Don't give up on, on everybody is a beginner at some point. We're all here to help you. There's even Facebook pages devoted to beginners. <laughs> and you will find, I, I was a total beginner. I knew absolutely nothing. And you should see me go now. So it's all good. <laughs> well, that's that seems in tone with a lot of things that other people have said. Kind of start small, don't give up, do a little at a time, and you'll be amazed at the results over time as you that's put the work true. in. We have a, a Facebook page. It's called Garden Gates Matsu. Okay. And you are welcome to join that. It's all about beginners, and we have mentors, and we go to each other's gardens, and we do classes with each other, and it's all free. There's no charge for any of it, and we just want you to to grow in your gardening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like an awesome thing to do, and I think it's important to always remember we're, we're always beginners at some aspect of gardening. There's always something we don't, we haven't had experience with, so I find those groups super helpful because you're like, oh, that's what they did to overwinter this plant that I've never had any experience with. So, well, thank you for coming in today. It's well, thank a, you for having me. It's a joy to have you, and I look forward to shopping all the plants that you have. And I encourage everybody to go check them out. You might be a 25-year customer, or maybe this year's your first year, but they have so, they have something for you, that's for sure. Thanks again for being on the program. Thank you. You've been listening to Ag Matters, covering positive agriculture stories from across Alaska on Big Cabbage Radio. Ag Matters is a production of Radio Free Palmer, recorded at our studios in Palmer, Alaska. For more information about this program, email manager at radiofreepalmer.org.